1: Haven't heard that one in a while. Welcome sobering yet sarcastic teenage viewpoints. Sisters who have nothing in common with us yet love us anyway. Best friends who are artsy and always there for us. And of course, a special shout out to all you guys out there keeping it real. This is High School Slumber Party. The podcast for means of friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some Ike iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So happy to be back talking with you slumberers. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for bearing with me. It's been a rough couple of weeks... Work, my real work, not my high school slumber party work, has been super busy, and I tried to juggle both the show and my job, and I just couldn't do it. Unfortunately, I had to pick the thing that pays my rent, which is not high school slumber party, because I give this to you for the free price of zero dollars and zero cents every day. It's my gift to the world, so accept that, and accept that I had to take some time off, but I'm back And I'm so happy to be here. We have a great episode for you today. Daria, is it college yet? If you were a Daria fan back in the late 90s and early 2000s, this one is for you. And if you weren't, this one is also for you. Because this is a show you need to watch and a film you need to watch. We'll get into it. Our guest today is Matt Kelly. He's awesome. Met him on the Ryan Stick Show. Uh, Can't wait to have him on again, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I almost forgot, you guys said homework. Come on, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, give us a five-star rating or a positive review, and tell a friend about High School Slumber Party and all the wonderful surprises we have here. We've also been dropping some Twilight Slumber Party on the feed. Kate Hudson and my secret, secret side project that's coming out on the Date TBD. We just talked to Spencer. That was a really fun episode. Every episode with Kid Attson fun, but that one (laughs) was especially fun. We got really into British Royal talk, so you definitely, definitely want to check that episode out. Classic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you learned anything? I ask for patience, and this is what you do. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. You're seniors. Come on, the senior year. It's almost coming to an end. Will High School Slumber Party come to an end? I don't know. I've been pretty stressed lately. You tell me. We'll see how you guys perform. Anyway. So, once again, apologies for taking some time off, but I'm back. I'm ready to go. Ugh. Ugh. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode. So, without further ado, pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother who's sipping up Ryan's, because we're about to get our party on. Class dismissed.
0: La 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 la, this is my stop. Got to get off, I may go pop. Excuse me, excuse me. I've got to be dirty.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk this one. First time guest on High School Slumber Party, which is always a fun time for me. We introduce ourselves on High School Slumber Party by saying our name, our high school graduating class team name, anything we want to add. You can be discreet if you want. So I've been thinking about this. I've been been rocking through your back catalog as you've
2: gotten random messages from me about three, (laughs) four year old episodes. (laughs) So Matthew Kelly uh, Graduating class of 2004 at Sun Valley High School Where we had not one but two Mascots we had the Griffins And the Vanguards confusingly Enough
1: two please explain So I don't
2: quite understand it so we Had a mascot that was the Griffin but All of our teams were called the Vanguards And had Like a design of a Viking character And we didn't have a Viking Mascot anywhere so I don't There was a real disconnect, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, no senior superlative ever won by me. It's still a a very salty situation for me, but I was thinking about that as well on things I wanted to mention on High School Slumber Party, is that I went superlative-less. (laughs) Superlative-less?
1: Oh, no. Well, hopefully you'll earn some superlatives on High School Slumber Party. I,
2: I, I literally told someone the other day that my only goal in life right now is to become successful enough to be a noteworthy alum on my high school's wikipedia page like that's what i'm gunning for
1: (laughs) that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i mean i always look at the noteworthy alums on people's school pages exactly
2: so. so i'm really setting the bar high but that's uh that and i want to be asked to come back for a commencement speech i feel like those are like the biggest achievements that i'm aiming for in my little small town world (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, we, we get a great speech in today's film. Yes. <laughs> and of course, we're talking 2002. Uh, Daria, is it college yet? But before we get into this film, and, and I want to talk about the show as well. Uh, First time guests get this question, Matt. What was your high school experience like? You already said you didn't get any superlatives, but there must have been some other things in there.
2: So the big thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is why I had messaged you. and was like, I really want to do the show. This is kind of weird, but I'd love to talk about Daria. I even sent you a link to a video that I had done about Daria. And I have this whole thing with the show Daria that it's the most realistic depiction of high school that was ever put on television. And a big part of that is because I relate it to the characters of Daria and Jane fully in the sense of they're not really the geeks at the school. They're not really bullied. They're not exactly the popular kids, but like the popular kids acknowledge them. Um, I fell really into like the same vein as the main character in Me, Earl and the Dying Girl, where it was kind of just like a floater between all of the different Mm -hmm. uh, high school populations. Not as cold as he is (laughs) in the movie, but just very naturally for whatever reason. My graduating class specifically had this really weird divide where there was almost no academic students. It was either like, you were in the honors or AP classes, or you were in the like below academic standing classes. So we had this weird, like super high overall GPA in our class. And I think because of that, it was like the kid who was the school valedictorian was also arguably the most popular kid in our grade. So there was kind of this this weird atmosphere with our grade where it was like, It was cool to care about school a little bit. (laughs) So I was like never on any sports teams, but I ran the TV studio for the school. I worked with the school newspaper. I was on stage crew for every play. Like I was the cliche basically butt of the joke extra that you would see in a teen flick. you know, like I was a little Steven from from Get over it nice. and speaking
1: my language today. I I love know,
2: it. Uh, dude, teen flicks are the fact that you got to a teen flick podcast before me is like heartbreaking to me. Uh, but but, <laughs> I, but I think that Daria and Jane, I think that they really capture that and they capture the attitude that I had in high school and I and I question, and this is something that we'll certainly dive into in this episode. Is did Darian Jane capture how I felt or did Darian Jane instigate how I felt Mm. with high school? Because I was kind of watching the show as it aired in real time. And I and I think that there's a lot of great things that those two characters bring to the table. But there's also a fair amount of like very uh, pessimistic views that they bring to the table that maybe high school I would have taken a little bit differently if I wasn't constantly looking at
1: it through such kind of a pessimistic lens yeah that totally checks out and by the way you know the video you sent i'll re-post it on our social media when the episode comes out amazing i can't do justice we're just talking about um the the film and we're starting at the end by the way if, if you're not fans of the show this is the last thing the show ever did so uh maybe not the best starting off point but for <laughs> me for me like it was a show i watched when it was on but I haven't revisited it since. I've wanted to, just... I don't know. I don't know what what it's been. But um, re-watching this today, it just brought back so much. And then watching your video where you just profess your love for this show, and it's so beautiful, and it's so genuine, and so personal. It amped me up for a rewatch. amped me up for our conversation today. Thank you. <laughs> and I, re- I really, really can't wait. I do want uh, Slumberers out there to watch the video, but I guess... If they didn't do their homework, maybe. Can you explain exactly what your your Daria original journey was and uh, the beautiful revisit you did? Sure. So, like, Daria, when it first dropped, it was
2: definitely when I was uh, firmly in gender norms, where I was like, ooh, that's a show for girls, so I'm not going to watch it. And then just cleaning the basement, there was nothing on MTV. They were doing, like, a block of Daria episodes So I just kind of put it on in the background and I found myself getting really sucked in and like laughing and enjoying the characters and connecting with all the characters and seeing my own classmates in the characters. And then it became like the same way that a kid would watch like Beverly Hills 90210 or something like I was I was a loyal like Wednesday night when it came out, I would watch the new episodes because starting around season three of the show, it became fairly serialized, which was really unheard of especially in like 90s adult cartoons that weren't like anime was like every episode needs to reset the status quo right like the simpsons can like everything resets to the status quo so that you can jump in at any episode but like in daria they're like introducing these love interests that last a season and a half and cause all this inner drama and they're all kind of moving towards graduation throughout the series and stuff so I was really kind of sucked into the lives of these cartoon characters. And I just had always been obsessed with it. I downloaded a tour in of it in college so I could rewatch it. The DVDs finally came out and I bought the DVD set. And then like that became basically like a yearly viewing for me it was I would just like find a random week and sit down and rewatch it. But I rewatched it for this video specifically because I had this thesis statement that it is the best depiction of high school. So basically the very short version of what leads us to is it college yet is Jane starts dating a guy named Tom. Daria and Tom don't like each other. Daria and Tom discover they have a lot in common. Tom kisses Daria and breaks up with Jane. There's a TV movie that I'm sure one day I'll be back on to talk about. Is it fall yet? That's kind of the summer break between Daria and Jane, where they're kind of upset about the Tom situation by the final season. They're kind of okay with everything. Jane accepts that Daria and Tom are a thing and that they make more sense than she ever did. And then it all builds to it's the last month of school. Everyone's getting ready for college. This is probably the biggest uh, unrealistic part of the show is the idea that you're like still checking out colleges in the last (laughs) month of high school. That's a, that's a big strike, but man, does it capture college anxiety in such an accurate way? I always think of her doing the interview and like stressing out. And it's like, that was me. Like I actively went to a school that involved the least amount of face to face
1: interaction to get into the school because like <laughs> that was not for me. <laughs> well, a couple things to note on that. One thing we've learned here on high school slumber party, for whatever reason in film world, you don't know your college until the very last minute. Because there's so many of these last summer films <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. When every, you know, every senior pretty much I don't want to see knows what they're doing with their whole life, but the plan is more established your senior year than they ever depict here.
2: The other so- the other uh ongoing trend, and I love it, it's in all of the movies that I love, right? Book Smart, Can't Hardly Wait, like all these films that I love have the same plot point of like Character B is leaving for another city the day after graduation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like It's like, I'm graduating on Thursday and Friday. I'm boarding a plane to go to a completely other country. And usually it's
1: prom, graduation, leaving you forever in like a
2: four-day span. Four-day span. Also, parents never driving them to where... No.
1: <laughs> to <laughs> But you know what? I love it. That's why I do this podcast. I'm not <laughs> complaining. But yeah, we did see that here, um, and and in the video, and you you know brought it up in your intro as well. Like I was trying to think, like what drew me into to Daria when I was younger. And for me, I mo- I more admired her, and that's more who I wanted to be. I notoriously, even today, will say a deadpan, sarcastic comment here or there and it was never received as well as daria who largely is talking to us and uh, <laughs> you know her friend um people would get offended they still do and i don't know i just i just admired her her guts and her ability to just float in that world but again i'm excited to talk this one every week we do read the back of the dvd and by the way if you want to rented. I think it's on some streaming services. I think now. premium
2: or, or Paramount Plus, I think, got yeah. Daria.
1: Yeah, it's on there. And um if you wanna like rent it on other like Amazon and stuff like that, if you don't have Paramount, it's included with the last season as almost like the last episode of that season. You'll see it listed like that at some points. But this was aired on MTV as a movie, right? They didn't yeah. say this is oh, the I, last. I have somewhere
2: in a box, I have the premiere VHS, like a tape where I taped it as it premiered. It was like a two hour kickoff. They did like a countdown of like the best animated videos with Daria and Jane as the VJs. Like Janine Garofalo hosted like a retrospective segment about Daria. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I need to find the VHS tape because the readily available version of Is It College Yet is like barely an hour. It's like an hour and five minutes. But the premiere version was a full 90 minute movie and like 20 minutes of it are just missing. Like they weren't able to find that footage when it was cut for syndication when it came time to make the DVDs and put it on streaming. So like I need to I need to dig up that VHS tape so I can see what like the 15, 20 minutes that I'm missing are.
1: Yeah, you definitely do, because uh, that was my next question. I noticed that there was two runtimes online and I was confused because it, it says feature length, but it it's only an hour. Um, it doesn't feel like anything is missing, so I'm really curious what these missing parts are. Because it's not like it was. It's not like oh, how did this character get from point A to point B? Everything's tied together. So, yeah.
2: oh, and I can't wait. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. Let's read the back of the the DVD because oh, yes. there's so many plot points that I want to go through. Because I there's so many things to highlight about what I think are brilliant
1: in this. <laughs> like, so this particular uh, photo of a DVD says Daria's second movie comes to DVD. All vile things must come to an end. And for Daria Morgendorfer, that means it's time to look beyond high school to college. I always say this, but apologies. It is a blurry photo, so if I mess up a word, (laughs) my bad. Uh, Our little girl has grown up so fast. It's time for higher learning, lowered expectations, and a heavy dose of sarcasm in this special movie presentation. Follow Daria as she visits a college campus. Counsels her friend Jane, sets things straight with her boyfriend Tom, and comforts her sister Quinn in a college controversy of her own. Dim-witted quarterback Kevin keeps his future plans a secret, but there's no silencing Brittany's dream of cheerleading in the big in the big leagues. It's classic Daria melancholy as she considers her new path to higher learning. Life can't suck more after high school, can it?
2: Yeah, that's really like the Sparknotes version of it, while also like kind of not being accurate <laughs> to <laughs> a certain extent. Like, squares things off with their boyfriend. They break up. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what?
2: <laughs> I want to talk about one of the things they called out was, was her consoling Quinn, because I have mixed feelings towards it in general, but I love an aspect of is the whole Lindy subplot with Quinn. Cause it kind of turns into like a cliche, like very special episode of Morality Tale. But I I like that it doesn't try to put a positive spin on it. You know what I mean? Like that particular subplot is Quinn gets a job and she's working at this restaurant and she becomes really good friends with this girl, Lindy, and Lindy is not nearly as judgmental as Quinn is and kind of introduces her to college life a little bit and like actually really helps Quinn be a better person in a lot of ways, but like Lindy has a very clear drinking problem and it causes her to lose her job and Quinn calls her out on it. And then it's kind of tied up by like Lindy showing up and being like, Hey, I know that it seems like I have an alcohol problem, but like I can go a week without drinking and I know that I don't. And what I like about it is that like, there's kind of an ambiguousness to like, if Quinn buys that excuse. You know what I mean? Like Quinn, just like, all right, Lindy. It feels so real because it's like I went to college with those people. I had a friend who like showed up to college every day with an empty water bottle filled with Everclear. Jesus. (laughs) And but would be like, no, no, I don't have a drinking problem because I can go a week without drinking. And I'm like, you can drink a full water bottle of Everclear plain without it affecting you that's alcoholism <laughs> like like your you've drank so much your body has a tolerance Insane. to 100 proof like that's not a good sign no <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so how i feel about that storyline is interesting right like i'm with you i i like it it just to me feels more like something to do for quinn yeah r- rather than something that really belongs in this movie like i could see this being in an in an episode exactly right? like, yeah does, it doesn't feel like oh this ties the quinn character <laughs> together or and i get it she's still in school like this is not her final moment but it is for us technically so yeah i do
2: like that it ends with her being able to convince daria that she's going to do fine in college because i i don't know about your experience like i enjoyed high school i had a good enough time in high school but like i really came to my own when college happened like i came out of my shell i met the people who were like truly my people i know on your show you have a lot of friends from high school that you bring on and talk to and you have high school memories and i've got like people that i'll shoot a text message to or we'll have a memory but really my group like the the people who shaped me were in college and and i think that there was something comforting in being like even a junior in high school watching this Darius special and being like, yeah, no, I'm gonna do all right in cot. Like it was like comforting just be like, I'm gonna be fine. Get through this. Meet the people that like are into the exact same weird eccentric stuff that you are. It was a nice little button on their relationship as sisters, I feel like.
1: Yeah, so for me, I look back at uh, high school with nostalgia. I look back at college with a lot of regret. (laughs) I was not ready for college. I didn't take advantage of everything you're saying. You're actually in a place where, you know, theoretically, the people around you are into the same things, and it's an environment where, you know, if you are lucky enough to dorm somewhere, if that's what you want to do, it's like... You're living in a village with people your age and girls your age and there's not parents around and and you could pick classes on these interesting stuff and that was all true and as soon as I went in, I wanted to get out. I burned a lot of bridges in college. I also, to be fair, like one of my best friends passed away in college. Yeah, that's not great. (laughs) Yeah, really like kind of, uh, you know, put me on a pretty bad trajectory in terms of my focus there. There is not college slumber party yet. No, Um,
2: But but you know what? I kind of get that because for me, I had a similar path with high school was like, I was extremely close with my grandfather and he died the first month of my sophomore year. And I went from like an honor student to kind of just like just a C student making it by because I kind of lost my drive to care for a really long time. And I think that that's where like college became this like, Oh, I get a second chance to try it this, so I totally get what you're saying. Just your earth shattering thing happened after high school, while mine happened at the start of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and look, these things happen. Uh, but in terms of, uh, I, I'm not sure if I saw this movie when it debuted. I, I like, I really don't didn't remember much of it. But watching it today, I, I wished I had seen it for the yeah. exact reasons you said. Right? It is so. To your thesis, right? Like the film and, you know, I'll, I'm going to rewatch the show. I'm excited to even after we record now. <laughs> it does feel like the most like high school of any show that certainly it's not even a question in the animated show. Yeah. But and maybe I just, again, wasn't mature enough in high school or, or you know, uh, when I was younger, actually when it aired. Right. Maybe I wasn't mature enough then to really get it. I think I was maybe liking it for different reasons. Now watching it, I'm like, holy fuck, this is, like, so much more elevated than (laughs) anything else on TV, I think, at the time.
2: Yeah, and to think that it, like, stemmed from Beavis and Butthead, which is brilliant (laughs) for a completely different reason, is crazy. Because, like, Beavis and Butthead was, like, brilliant in a very subversive, like, outside of the realms of reality. But, like, Daria, the show, ultimately, when you're watching it, you kind of walk away being like, this could have just been live action. Like it hits all the beats of like there's nothing that happens in this particular movie that couldn't have been done as a live action movie. And I think that that's why you get to see, you know, the last 10 years we've seen so many like live action Daria short films that people will make because it's such an easy move. You don't have these characters with exaggerated body parts or giant like they look like people. (laughs) Yeah, I want to talk about my favorite Uh, story arc in the whole episode, though, uh, or TV movie is the Jane and Trent relationship. I always connect it with Jane a lot as like a a seeing myself as an artist the same way that Jane does. And I legitimately throughout college, I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I refused to go to film school. And she says this line that I think was what my inspiration was to not go to film school Which is when she said, like, why should I learn a bunch of things that I need to unlearn if I want to do something unique? And I uh, probably should have not taken that as like a personal philosophy when applying for college.
1: 100%.
2: But that is such a teenage art student perspective, right? I don't want to learn the rules because I have to unlearn them. And it's like, no, you learn the rules so that you can bend and break them.
1: So I am with you. And like, I believed that for a while too, specifically in art. But from talking to other friends, I think that extends beyond art, right? Like, it's kind of just a way to justify your fear in in, in a lot of things. And I know people who... Said that I mean not stuff where I don't never heard of a doctor who's like oh why I shouldn't go to medical school I'm just a genius at brain surgery (laughs) so maybe not something there but uh, business people I know and and just you know writers I know I guess that's an art too yeah but hearing that line today I was like oh fuck like (laughs) maybe this is also why college didn't go
2: that well for me (laughs) but but the other piece of the puzzle that I love about this is that Trent like genuinely loves his sister and it comes through in the fact that like he keeps calling her a sellout for deciding to go to college. And it's such a, like I, I'm not sure about you. I I'm the oldest in my group of siblings and like, I definitely am hard on my siblings because I love them. And I love that. What it really is, is like, you know, he says like, well, when you go to college, I'll be here and you're going to be there. And it was like his way of such just being like, Yo, I'm going to fucking miss you. Like our parents are never home. It's just the two of us alone in this house. And now I'm going to be all by myself in this house. So it's like, it totally makes sense that he's kind of, instigating her to like not go to college like
1: he didn't do and like just stay at the house and, and do art all day. I, I could tell you're a man of many podcasts because you you were just guiding this along in every place I want to go and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm the oldest sibling as well. And I have unfortunately, I mean, maybe not unfortunate because it does come from a place of love, but I've definitely been a Trent here. And I don't know, like, You're so right, the Jane Trent thing, like, that really got to me this time. Specifically, again, Jane's just, like, artistic journey and setting herself up to fail. I'm so glad, like, I was so glad that she decided to apply to that art school and, uh, you know, really put her best foot forward there. And by the way, the Trent character, from, like, where he started to where he ended, I think, like... On paper, it might seem he like he was just the slacker dude, whatever. But just for like the movie to build to a reminder about their brother sisterhood relationship and how paramount that is to them, I thought that was so cool. And that's what I meant when I was uh, brought up. Uh, you know, Quinn's arc, right? Like Jane and Trent felt like they built to a conclusion. Uh, obviously, Daria did as well. quinn (laughs) we just go on this little adventure and you know (laughs) it does serve a purpose but being like daria you're gonna be okay but like i wouldn't have been shocked if that would have been the 15 minutes missing i i I still don't know what is it's
2: (laughs) i I feel like the quinn pretty much everything tied to quinn really has to act act as like the comedic relief in the show right because you're you're dealing with like all of the fashion club nonsense where, you know, Brittany thinks that she, <laughs> she wished away the uh <laughs> Stacy's voice. And like, she's buying, you know, random drugs <laughs> online <laughs> that are supposed to reverse <laughs> curses and stuff. Like it's pretty much like the only real comedy beats in the show is like that subplot. And like Daria's dad being convinced she's going to go to military school. And the rest <laughs> is like, for the most part, it's got some funny lines here and there, but it's, it's, pretty much a very honest look at like the struggles of picking a a college and like i've watched this probably 20 times easily and i still get so angry at tom's family for how badly they fuck over daria being able to like check out these colleges
1: (laughs) oh oh my god but it felt realistic to me again so i i just kept going back to in my head like what i remembered of the show and i remembered this sort of like tom switch and your video definitely helped you know rekindle that as well can, can i just say i love that she broke up with him like yes. that to me was awesome as well just who the character was from liking trent all those years to kind of moving on to tom after uh he had uh, been with her best friend And then having the maturity to be like, this isn't going to work out. And Yeah, it has to do with what happened at the college, but also we're just moving in completely different directions.
0: I think we should break up. What? When did you decide this? Just now. Because I got into Bromwell and you didn't? That's not fair, Daria. It's got nothing to do with Bromwell. Well, if it's not about
1: Bromwell, then what? Why?
0: Because you're going one place and I'm going another. So
1: what? We won't be that far away.
0: I don't mean physically. I mean, you're from one place and I'm from another. And college is going to make it even more obvious. I don't believe that. Tom, we have little enough in common as it is. Now we won't see each other for months at a time. And every time we do, it'll be more difficult to pick up where we left off. Not if we work at it. Why should we work at it when we're already getting bored?
1: Who's bored? I'm not bored.
0: Really? Or are you just upset that I admitted it first?
1: So mature. I wish I was as mature as her when I was that age. The
2: speech that she gives her parents when she walks in after the breakup where she's just like, you know, she says like, yes, I have broken up with Tom and it hurts like hell, but it's the right decision. And I'm going to go and lay in my bed for a little bit now. It's
1: like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Like, I I know friends of mine now who would benefit from that kind of maturity, right? Like, that's... (laughs) It's something again doing this podcast, something I rarely see where it feels genuine and real. And I just i I feels condescending of me, but, like, I can't believe we we're, we're talking about it. Something that was an animated MTV show, yeah. right. But it's so much more than that. And I know I sound like I drank the kool aid because I have
2: so here's the thing. Like I can see someone going in to wanna hate Daria and they'll pick apart little things like, Oh, like the voice, the voice reading sounds awkward on some of the characters or like this, that or the other thing. Like there are things that you can like pick apart. But but I think when you see, you know, the forest for the actual trees in it, there are so many little things in the way that a word like a scene is written or like a line of dialogue. I think one of the most real elements of that breakup is like she says something. Tom doesn't register it. He suddenly understands what's happening And he's like, when did you come to this decision? And she's like, just now. I feel like that is so real in the sense of like every show and every movie wants to build up like, oh, this person's going to break up with someone and they have this whole plan. And it's like nine times out of 10. It's just in a moment. You're like, this isn't right. And you just make that snap decision the second that it hits you. That's like, this isn't going to work. This isn't the right person.
1: Again, it's something that shows so much growth and maturity. That it really even, uh, by the way, my wife does not listen, but I don't want anyone who knows my wife to think that I'm contemplating my own marriage here when I say this. But like, (laughs) it even made me think about things in my own life and been like, you know, when when you know something and it just feels right, then sometimes you just got to believe in yourself like that and just understand that, like, you know, not to force it because... To peel the curtain back again I had a, a girlfriend in high school And when we went to college And we went to separate colleges And it did not work out And that also was something that uh, Ruined part of my college experience And I blame myself completely for that I'm not putting that on another person Of course not But I wish I had that maturity To just be like, you know what? We're going separate places This isn't really working out And it's not working out Ah, oh, God So, woo introspective film that i did not expect today no
2: but you know again we're talking about like the different weird influences like i have not had a whole lot of romantic scenarios happen in my life that's just not really been my path for the last 30 some years but i don't think that it's an accident that when i think about the few people that i have dated every single one of them kind of remain reminds me of jane or daria and that could kind of come off as like weird and fetishy. I realize, but (laughs) more so I think that it was because as a kid, I was watching a show about like two extremely forward thinking, feminist, independent women. And like, I developed a, like, that's what I look for in, in people now is like, I want you to be independent. I want you to like, not need a man (laughs) to survive. You know what I mean? And that, I feel like it was very powerful and it's, it's in this movie, but it's also just throughout the show. Like there are so many conversations that are happening in 2022 that Daria was already bringing up. I mean, we could just talk about the Jody subplot that Jody subplot of her wanting to not be the minority again in college and just like go where she can be a student, but like also Focusing on that concept of like, it's not because of the color of your skin, you need to go above and beyond because otherwise people aren't going to believe you're smart by your own merit. They're always going to think that there was some extra, you know, whatever tied to it. Like the fact that like a cartoon in 2002 was bringing up those type of topics is Insane to think about right now
1: Insane and so real I love the jo- the Jody subplot One of my good friends who's on this podcast A lot, Kirkland Shepard I didn't remember this subplot here But he, he sort of went through the same thing He was getting recruited to play basketball At a lot of schools And eventually was just like No, I'm, I'm going to Howard And that's going to be my jam And, and he, he came from a predominantly White school in Long Island And I was like, what the, what, this is, the fact that, again, that 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 is a shared experience, that that is real, that I I do have some questions regarding, like, I know nothing about the creators of the series, writers, showrunners, anything. Do you have any insight on that? Because I, how are they this good is my question.
2: All I know is that it was one of the writers at Beavis and Butthead, they were getting ready to cancel Beavis and Butthead, and they were looking for a spinoff. And he was like, I think we could do something with Daria, but it was a. It was a guy like it's like it's one of those things where it's like this show. I I would love to know how many women or minority voices were in the writers room, because it definitely feels like there had to be a good amount. I would be hard pressed to believe that Daria and Jane and Jody are all being written from the perspective of a white male writing the show like that just seems impossible to me.
1: It's astonishing if that's the case, right? Oh, and like every, almost everything I find indicates that, but there's just not enough info to make that uh case. There is a one of the showrunners is listed as Susie Lewis. But, you know, it's there's not really a reliable IMDb for writing teams, you know, of this era. I know that there was one female writer who
2: actually just passed recently, and she was apparently very – like, when they listed a lot of the stuff that she had written for the show, I was like, oh, these are probably some of the best episodes of the series. All right, so I just looked up Daria writers, and while Glenn is, you know, the first name that comes up – it shows Susie Lewis, Annie Bernstein, Peggy Nicole, Nina Bieber. There you go. So yeah, it was it was a very women centric
1: writing team for sure. That checks out. It it would have been impossible and frankly confusing as hell and disappointing if it just you know like you said there was just a room full of white men because that's not what we see when we we get a room full of white men writing TV no. shows. No.
2: No, we get How I Met Your Father when you have yeah. a room full of. <laughs> <laughs> a show that has never sounded more like it was written during a writer's strike. In my... <laughs> but, oh sorry. I just watched the final episode today and was just like, how did they destroy a show that I liked so much? <laughs> <laughs> <It's been awful. laughs> um, but I mean, we speaking of again, the, the brilliance of how these characters are written. I mean, we have to talk about the graduation speech. I am willing to throw my gauntlet on the table that this is in the top five best graduation speeches in the history of this
0: podcast. Stand firm for what you believe in until and unless logic and experience prove you wrong. Remember, when the emperor looks naked, the emperor is naked. The truth and a lie are not sort of the same thing. And there's no aspect, no facet, no moment of life that can't be improved with pizza. Thank you.
1: So I get asked this question a lot, Matt. I I really do. I get asked it a lot. Um, You know, what's the best graduation speech? And I often say, like, they're usually not that good. It's usually that the movie has just come to a conclusion. And whatever they say... Just feels right.
2: I love the graduation speech in movies that are only, that only makes sense to the audience and the two or three people involved in the plot. And you imagine it from the perspective of like the rest of the students that are just like, what are they talking about?
1: Oh, absolutely. So you'll either get that or the character completely transforms into a wiser than whatever person who's not them either. But this does, you know, this zags. In such a cool way, because it's still Daria, right? Like, it's still very much Daria with this speech. But it's such a good speech. And I'll definitely put the clip in here. Maybe because it's fresh on the mind, but for my money, this is the best one I've ever seen. It's been an intended project of mine to, like, go back and actually rank these. Because, like I said, I do get asked this question, but I had no idea how good this one was. So good.
2: Yeah. And I love that it's not it's not even that she's given like a valedictorian speech or anything. She just got an award for academic excellence. I think that that feels right. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to make the person who's not involved in any school clubs, the valedictorian, right? Yeah. Like that, that's just not going to happen. But it's like, if you have this student who like through the run of the series, we've seen like have published work is in magazines. And have like, <laughs> you know, like really done exceptional things as a writer, like, of course the school is going to want to give that person an award or I don't know, even maybe a senior superlative. (laughs) But (laughs) but, Sorry. Sorry. Getting a little ahead of myself there. But (laughs) Because again, in a movie, in a hacky movie, it'd be like, we're following this character. Who's the valedictorian. Like, I'm sure that this movie exists and I'm blanking on it. And I'm sure I probably watched it and even gave it four stars on Netflix or letterbox. But like, the movie where it's like i have to give the graduation speech but i haven't really experienced high school so i need to like spend one last night really be, being a high schooler to write the the true speech like i feel like stuff like i love you beth cooper or book smart or even like it's after the speech i guess but like the main the um what's her face in uh say anything like fall into those buckets where it's like mm-hmm. they didn't really experience high school I like that that's not what this is about. She doesn't even know that she's supposed to give it a speech. She just gets surprised and pulled up on stage and says what we all need to hear, which is that no moment in life can't be improved with pizza. And like, (laughs) it's so true.
1: It's so true. And it's again, when she rolls into it, like with just, you know, high school sucks kind of stuff. I think she says like, Things along the lines of if she she would just take advanced placement classes since kindergarten so that she she would not have to do it skip it from eighth grade, but then it gets really sincere and it has a lot of heart, but still in that Daria delivery where again it never betrayed the character yeah but it still still exposed so much about her well and I love <laughs> another little
2: bit that's like a great comedic beat is she's giving the speech and it starts off with the high school sucks portion and you you it cuts to her family in the audience yeah yeah (laughs) getting so uncomfortable and like quinn even puts like sunglasses on and like a hat and then like it does take that sweet turn the line that i always think of uh from the speech is honestly when she says But given the unalterable fact that high school is always going to suck, I'd like to add that if you're lucky enough to have a good friend and a family that cares about you, it doesn't have to suck quite as much. That's where that turn is. And that's when like, you know, it cuts to Trent and he smiles and the crowd. Like, it's like, it's this beautiful, it is a beautiful bow on the whole story of the TV series leading up to this moment too. Cause you are seeing like that wall that in the first like couple seasons is just there permanently. Like, this sucks i hate being here everybody's an idiot and you get to see that wall kind of get disrupted with like how much daria actually does care about her family and like appreciates what they bring in her life even if they she is so clearly not like them i mean half the last season and into this episode is just about like daria and jane are kind of those friends and i think everybody has them in their life the friends that you meet that you're like you know, whether you believe in a God or fate or anything, there's that part of you. It's like, I was destined to be friends with this person. Like they are the exact person that you need in your life to like get you through the really bad times. And I think that that's why it's so beautiful that they're going to go to Boston together. Like they don't have to go to the same school, but you know that they're going to be okay and that they're going to continue to meet during the weekends and that they're going to be like one of those high school friendships that like pushes forward for decades to
1: come. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're the two... This is That's the romance of the show and the movie, right? The two yeah. of them. We want them to end up together and not, you know, people with their boyfriends or whatever. Because not that that never works out, but there's something more pure and beautiful about specifically, you know, uh, her friendship with Jane. Another line I wanted to say from the speech that really got me this time, and I'm like, whoa, it feels ahead of its time, but I guess it just, you know... I guess I just wasn't thinking about these things at that time. Yeah. When she just goes, remember when the emperor looks naked, the emperor is naked. The truth and the lie are not sort of the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
2: I mean, I think you could take this episode or TV movie, show it to any high schooler today. And A, they wouldn't believe it was from 20 years ago. And B, I think that they would have nothing that they could be like well this didn't age well especially like on a show like like high school summer party where it's like you're constantly having that juggle of like i fucking love the american pie movies those are some of the most important movies to my childhood they're problematic as fuck <laughs> like yeah i mean <laughs> like, so much of the john hughes movies i love those john hughes movies and i think that they're really important and special movies to like a certain demographic of kids, but problematic is all hell to have something that's like that still feels this pure and like this of the 2022s, even though it was from 2002, is insane to insane.
1: me. I know Daria was very successful and was on the air, but it always felt to me that there was like a niche who was into Daria. I remember when we did on this podcast, *Beavis Be, Be and ButtHead Do America*. I said to uh, my guests who were on, oh, I was always more of a Daria person. They were like, of course you were, you know? <laughs> but now I feel like, just to echo what you're saying, it was a large niche, but it was a niche when the show was on the air. And it's aged into a show for everyone. It was probably yeah. always a show for everyone, but now there, I think there'd be more consensus than ever. Um, again, I haven't done re- a rewatch. I know you have. Would you say uh, the sentiments you're echoing about this TV movie... Would those be consistent with the entire show on a rewatch or Yeah.
2: I mean I mean the first the first season's gonna have all of the same issues that any first season of a show has, right? You're you're still having the growing pains, you're figuring out how the care who the characters are. Season two, a lot of the voice actors change. So there's there's like weird things like that that don't hold up. The jokes aren't as strong. The animation is definitely way cheaper in the first season. <laughs> but there's still enough meat on the bone that you're not like, oh, this is terrible. You're just like, yeah. But then all of a sudden, the change just kind of happens right in season two. And it doesn't stop. Like, <laughs> like it's like, That's oh, great. this is really smart. And this is really fun. and. I think the other thing that's worth applauding is like how many, we know so many of the students in this school. Like it's insane how many of the students in her class we actually know versus even something like, again, like mentioning something like book smart that I love, like was my favorite film of the year, the year that it came out, but that movie, you know, maybe four or five students. And then there's just kind of like these other students who have like a line or two here that you kind of vaguely remember, but like, it's it's really just about the two girls their love interests and gigi and for this it's like man you know kevin you know brittany you know jody you know her jody's boyfriend in this thing you know upchuck you know dory you know jane you know trent you know all of the teaching staff <laughs> you know the <laughs> principal you might not remember her name but you know the gothy girl that's always in episodes that's like there that ends up making out with upchuck like it's like it feels like an actual fully fleshed out graduation class
1: of students. I'm gleaning that the answer to this question is yes, but do you feel like the movie was a fitting end to such an important show for you?
2: Oh, absolutely. I I think that this was a really great ending. And even, I mentioned it in the video, but the episode that aired before this would have been a perfectly fine finale as well if that was the last episode that they aired because the TV movie came like months after the fact and and from what i understand like they didn't know what was going to happen with the show so they wrote boxing daria as something that could be a standalone episode but like if they didn't get renewed it would be perfectly suitable as a final episode and then after it aired they found out that they were canceled but then MTV was like let's give you a movie to like tie it all up. And then they did like the, the graduation movie essentially. And now they're apparently working on a spinoff that's like 20 years into the future that follows Jody. And I am very interested in how that goes. And they really haven't announced anything about like if Darry and Jane are even going to be a part of it or if it's just going to be Jody's story. I am cautiously optimistic. MTV is basically reviving my two favorite cartoons they ever did uh, <laughs> because they're bringing back... Jody, and they're bringing back Clone High USA. And like, I couldn't ask for two better cartoons to sum up the high school experience than, than those two. 100%. So.
1: I'm a huge Clone High mark. Dude, I, you know, that, I am just excited to finally get a conclusion to the cliffhanger that I've been <laughs>
2: wondering about for 20
0: years.
1: So. See, see, I like how the uh, the Daria thing is going to be a, you know, spin-off and sort of not a different world. But yeah, you know. Like, I need Clone High to pick up right where it left off. because I need the conclusion to that. (laughs)
2: Just because, you know, there is no Clone High movie, and I don't think you'll ever get to do a Clone High episode. Quick side tangent. Have you heard the story of how Clone High was produced? Because it is wild. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. Did you ever notice that most of the voice actors on Clone High are from Scrubs? Yeah, yeah. So, So they had, like, no funding to make Clone High. So Scrubs was filmed in an actual abandoned hospital and they just refurbished one of the rooms for Phil Lord and Chris Miller to work on Clone High on the set of Scrubs and when they needed a voice actor for like a bit part they would just find out which cast member of Scrubs wasn't busy that day
1: wow I didn't know that part of it that's awesome
2: yeah so like that's why like Zach Braff will just pop up to be like paul paul revere in one episode and it's just like oh zach's not filming right now we'll send him down to read those lines for you <laughs> like
1: Johnson it was the only yeah like you're so right that's awesome
2: <laughs> like i was like i i love that and i'm not sure how much you followed phil lord and chris miller's career obviously they've done plenty of films that you can talk about on this show with uh like yeah. spider verse and and 21 jump street and stuff but like Time and time again in interviews, they have said multiple times that their only goal is to become famous enough to do more Clone High episodes.
1: <laughs> like, Gosh, that is Please make it their, happen. Please make it happen. That's
2: their baby, man. There's even a clone... I'm sure you've caught it, the Clone High reference in Spider-Verse.
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I appreciate how much they love that show. Like, they love that show as much as the fans love that show, which is very heartwarming to see that they're like arguably two of the most important people in Hollywood and they're still just like we just want to make our goofy cartoon about (laughs) famous clones
1: (laughs) what's awesome about like just the you know Phil Lord Chris Miller and Bill Lawrence is that they've all gone on to do things as you said but you know people like you and me can be like oh yeah We've been we've been their guys for a while. You know, yeah. like we've been we've been with them like, oh, for fr- sure. Oh, you think they're cool now? You know, <laughs> Dude, I was
2: I mean, literally, I think I've said it in, in the Daria video, too. But like literally Darian scrubs are tied for like the most important shows in my life. Like I have watched them to an absurd extent. And then, of course, how you and I became friends. The Muppets is definitely a very close third place there. That's really just my whole personality is combining those three things into a human and <laughs> throwing it out <laughs> into the world. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, this there's something special about all three of those shows, really. And I think what that special element is is that all three of them could be wacky, throwaway, forgettable shows that all survive on their heart and empathy to like human experience <laughs> that lesser shows have ignored in their writing rooms. And Daria really shines as, as I said, like the perfect example of what high school truly was
1: like. Put it so beautifully. That's amazing. And by the way, you know we did meet on that Muppet episode of the Ryan Stick Show. So I feel bad. We're ready. I don't know how many minutes into this podcast we haven't acknowledged him. So thank you, Ryan, for introducing us. And yes, for sure. <laughs> let's get to our uh, awards and superlatives. Again, a buzzword today. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so every week we we do this. So who. Uh, who was this movie made for? Who was the intended audience for Daria? Is it college yet? Uh, probably Matt Kelly. Um, <laughs> but,
2: but no, I, I think similarly to... Well, actually, I would argue that Daria is at college yet was made for every high school junior and senior of pretty much any generation. I, I
1: mean, now watching it, absolutely. Like it, for, Clearly at the time, it was just made to conclude the show, but what a conclusion. I'm so hyped for the rewatch. I can't say that enough. (laughs) Most likely to succeed. Which character won the movie for you?
2: Okay, so I'm going to answer two answers on this. Most likely to succeed in the actual world of Daria? Daria. I'm sure she's going to go on to become a famous writer. But actually, who won the movie for me? It's that Jane and Trent storyline that captivated so many of my emotions every time I watch it because I, I see that same
1: relationship with me and my siblings. I couldn't agree more. It is Daria, obviously, because it's her movie, but <laughs> the Jane Trent storyline and Jane specifically as well. And, you know, I'll even say in the end, too, uh, that uh, Jane and Daria friendship continuing was a win for me yeah. as well. Yeah, a lot of a wins win. here. I feel good at the end of this one. <laughs> uh, Wooderson Award. This, of course, is named after uh, the Wooderson character in Dazed and Confused, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, was just supposed to have a bit part in the film. Director Richard Linklater loved him so much, expanded the role. So this award is given to a character who you would have liked to see more of in the film.
2: I really like the character of Upchuck in in the <laughs> show overall. And I feel like he was very uh, minimal in in the actual movie. They really, he just kind of gets a quick like bit point where it's like, oh, Upchuck finally got laid. Like that's kind of his his one moment. But I I just love how much of a creep he is. <laughs> oh, and he's one of the few people that like the voice actor, you absolutely know. Like if you look up who it is, you're like, oh, that guy. He was in Garden State. He was in Super Troopers. Like he's a he's a pretty well-known actor. I think he's literally one of the only people from Daria that really did much after Daria. Yeah. So so, yeah. Uh, upchuck would be my my Vote for that
1: Jeffrey Rend I think is the actor's name He's in mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff Okay so next award Long Duck Dong Award named after the famous Long Duck Dong and Sixteen Candles um, This is for a characters who, whose omission Whether it be insensitive or not Would make the film better Is there anyone here who you would delete From the film
2: I uh, have a mask That I wear out that Is the Six Sad World logo Um, And it's a it's a great conversation starter. And I was talking to someone at Starbucks about it. um, And we were talking about Daria and I made a comment about how forward thinking I thought the show was. And she said, like, hey, I love that show. But I can tell you, being a woman of Asian descent, it kind of sucked that the only Asian character was just an airhead that barely spoke. Um, So I would say that 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 particular character of the fashion club is the closest thing we have to the long duck dong of maybe do a little bit more with that character, maybe not make her so completely obsolete.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. I wasn't even thinking of her, but, you know, shame on me. So yeah. there you go.
2: I wasn't either. That was the big. <laughs> I had such a foot in my mouth situation when that happened. I am like, oh. You are absolutely right. That
1: isn't that isn't great. Cameron Fry Award is not applicable here. These are cartoons, and that's for someone who you know was cast who looks too old to be a high schooler. Again, it doesn't really matter uh, for this, <laughs> so we'll skip to the hardest question of the week, and that's grading the film, A plus to F scale report card grades here on High School Slumber Party. We always provide a cheat sheet though, so. Rotten Tomatoes it was a TV film. Did not get the official critical score, so not available there. But 88% by the audience. And maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised. Four out of five on Letterboxd, which is a really high score. But again, we're going to throw that away. Matt, what will you grade? Daria is at college yet.
2: So here's the thing. This is going to be a biased answer. I hate that I'm coming out my first... Hopefully not my only appearance on High School Slumber Party. I hate to be the guy who's just like, it's an A. Like, I don't want this to be, I forget your friend's name, but this can't be my Encino man, (laughs) (laughs) where where I've set the bar so high. But I genuinely would say that Is It College Yet? is like top 20 movies for me of like how many times I've watched it. So I'm giving it an A, but I'm, I'm making a promise that, not everything that I grade will be an A. I just think that first first movie was a was a real slam dunk here.
1: I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this film. I'm going to give it an A minus. I don't know why the minus. I should give it an A plus about how much I enjoyed it. But uh, I'm with you. This was a real winner. I I do want to know what those other 15 minutes are. That was the original, you know, intended theatrical thing. Maybe... Maybe that would knock it down a point or up a point. That's I'm what I was going to sure. say.
2: It could it could drop mine to a B plus if, if that footage is not worth being in there.
1: So. Oh, man. But yeah, a winner today for sure. Good, good first one to be on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you kind of helped pick this. I sent you about 30 film options. But once he said it, I'm like, and then the video, I was like, uh, so passionate. Let's do it. So, Daria Sleeping Bag. You and I are at this, this Daria Slumber Party together. What does your Daria Sleeping Bag look like?
2: I have been thinking about this since we picked this because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not fully caught up on the show, but I've listened to the first hundred episodes. So I know that the sleeping Whoa, bag was a thing. Congratulations! Oh, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, and I'm, I'm and, and apologies. <laughs> now, it's been great from day one. It has to be a pizza slice-shaped sleeping bag, right? Like, like I feel like that is the most logical sleeping bag option.
1: That's a, that's a good one, yeah. The way she ends the speech with the, with the pizza, just their love of pizza. It
2: literally starts and ends with them eating pizza. It's the first and last scene of the movie. I,
1: so, I, I'll be really quick about this, but something I found interesting watching today was how much of this, if this was real life and this was today, how much of this conversation would have been relegated if you will to text messages and e-forms of communication rather than them going to a restaurant talking it out and just even on the phone right like yeah i don't know i'm nostalgic for that
2: i i talk about it all the time but like i remember i i think you and i are almost exactly the same age we we have a lot of the same experiences i feel like we were on that that perfect cusp where like the internet was new enough that it wasn't taking over and like I had instant messenger, but never used instant messenger to make plans. I still would like call someone and be like, Hey, let's go to the mall and see who's there. Right. And then you would walk around the mall for like three hours, just seeing what classmates you bumped into. It was the best.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, the mall was, I've described the mall as the internet before the internet, right? Like, you go shopping there, you meet people there, and it's just, you in real life. <laughs> the metaverse versus the, before the metaverse, I suppose. <laughs> so, I don't know, my sleeping bag, this is tough. I, I think if this doesn't exist, it should, but just like, D- Adaria's outfit, sleeping bag, it's so iconic, just the green jacket, you know. Uh, I, As a glasses wearer myself, I I just have always loved her style, so. Yeah.
2: There's a there's a really great episode where her mom makes her get contacts and she hates them so much, (laughs) but she likes the compliments that she gets. And it makes her question, like, is she truly an individual? if She likes to get praise from people. And there's like this whole episode where she basically goes to school for the day without her glasses, but also without contacts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's very real to like a high schooler, right? Like, you don't want to be vain, but. You get sucked into like, oh, people keep saying I look so much better without my glasses, but like and I get that people tell me that constantly. And I see myself without glasses and I'm like, who is this human being? Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to see my face without glasses on it. So it's like I won't do LASIK, I won't do contacts, <laughs> like I am perfectly content with these bad
1: boys. Well, I, I love my glasses too, but uh take those uh take those compliments because my wife is the opposite with me. She's like, keep the glasses on, have a beard. <laughs> so essentially she's telling me the less of my face she sees, the better. But. Yeah,
2: she's. you get contacts, <laughs> she'll give you like one of those Groucho's Marks glasses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just cover up as much of you as we can.
1: <laughs> All right, my favorite question every week, rent two movies, get one free, if you and I are in the magical blockbuster that has every film that has ever existed in the history of space-time logic. We get to the counter, we have our copy of Daria is at College Yet, but we see a sign and it says, rent two movies, get one free. And I say, Matt, I'll hold a place in line. Go to the back. Pick two other movies we should watch on our Slumber Party, uh, on our Daria is at College Yet slumber party. What two other movies will you recommend?
2: First off, I'm going to grab a high school movie, My favorite high school movie of all time. I sent you a million text messages about it. Can't (laughs) hardly wait. Absolutely love this movie. Uh, I feel like similarly to Is It College Yet? It was one of the few films that I watched it and I really saw my classmates in the characters when I was watching it for the first time. And then leaning more into a sarcastic look at college, I'll grab PCU.
1: Nice. Nice. PCU? I haven't seen that one in a while.
2: I uh, I watched it very recently with a friend and it's kind of tough to decide how I feel about it because it's one of those films where it's like, man, this is both very much the liberal perspective of the 90s, but also sounds way too much like the big conservative talking points of the <laughs> 2022s like at the exact same
1: time. So I'm like, it's a very... It's a very confusing film to watch through a two thousand twenty two <laughs> lens. As as some things change, other things have stayed the same,
2: pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the jokes that you remember laughing at still work. It is it is That's a very good, funny
1: movie. That's good. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> well, uh, Matt, this was an absolute pleasure. Can't wait to have you on again. Can't, like I said for the thousandth time, I'll say it again. Can't wait to rewatch the show now. Yes. Um, this, this is so cool. Why don't you take however long you have to plug every single thing you're doing, because you are a very, very busy man.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I run the Geekscape network, uh, geekscape.net. On that network, I produce a bunch of different shows, and I co-host a lot of them, specifically Christmas 365, which is an all-year-round Christmas podcast, Uh, Horror Movie Night, which is a comedy show about three friends watching some of the best of bad horror movies, And One Hit Thunder, probably the biggest show that I produce, in which various musicians come on to talk to us about their favorite one hit wonder. This month, I just launched a new podcast between myself and Matt Milligan of the band Weedus called Weird Weird Algorithm, where we're going to work through the entire Weird Al discography track by track to determine once and for all what his best parody and best original song is. Um, That's awesome. So tune in to that. first episode dropped on April Fool's day, but it was no joke. Um, and then <laughs> if you want to start a podcast or you just need some editing help or maybe a logo or a theme song, contact me at we com. and I am happy to make
1: that happen for you. Wow, that's cool. Well, I mean, I often need those things. So <laughs> thank you for thank you for advertising to me specifically and all our listeners. I am the amateur. You are the pro. Thank you so much for coming on my little DIY podcast here. Can't wait to listen, uh, catch up on your stuff and listen to that new podcast. That sounds really, really fun. So thanks, Matt, once again. Matt Kelly, good dude. Big thank you to Matt for coming on the pod. Can't wait to have him on again. And thank you, Matt, for rekindling my love for Daria. And not just that, I did the Daria rewatch that I said I was going to do on the pod. Oh, my God. It really, really, really is one of the best, if not the best, high school shows ever. I ask you slumberers, little extra credit assignment. Watch some Daria, get some Paramount+, get the free trial, especially the later seasons. It is so good. So, once again, thank you, Matt, for reintroducing me to Daria. Of course, you're going to have some homework for Friday. We have another movie we're going to talk about. We're going back, back to our Corey lap. Sorry, sorry, Joey Lundaski. they're not laps. Corey series. We're in season two of that. Mike Mansey's my co host for them. Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, we talk their films. I don't even remember the last one we talked about here, but we got a new one for you. That's right. We're going to talk a film that you've never heard of called Watchers. It's known that Banadyne has conducted classified biological research for the National Security Organization. Any reason for our viewers to be concerned?
0: None whatsoever. Although the research animals which were
1: kept here have been destroyed, absolutely no toxic elements have been released. Who escaped? The- GH3, the dog, and one of the oxcombs. Are the oxcomb and the dog still telepathically linked? On a biofrequency that only the oxcomb can receive. Travis Cornell made a new friend today. And it may just cost him his life.
0: In the Get
1: The dog was like a homing device.
0: The creature, a search and destroy missile.
1: You know what happened to Tracy's, don't you?
0: Travis had a dog. No, no pets. Travis, is that you? Can't you control it? It's got to be stopped. GH3? It's a cold. You're a research animal. That's why you're so smart.
2: They
1: created the perfect killer. As long as he's with the dog, his life is in danger. Now, how are they going to stop it?
2: It's up to you, isn't it?
0: Day, you die, ah! when I say we make a stand right here, right now.
1: No! <coughs> 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 Corey Haim stars in Watchers.
2: From the best-selling science fiction thriller by Dean R. Kuntz.
1: This is a wacky one. So watch it for Friday. Watch Watchers. It is super fun and the episode is super fun. Mike Manzi, my guest, as always, for the Corey ones. So definitely watch the film, check it out, and check out our episode on Friday. Remember Slumberers, our social media is open at all hours. Class participation is a huge part of your grade. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I have my own Twitter. Oh my, Rodriguez! Follow me there, please. I need the follows. I only have like twenty-something followers right now, not cool. Heist of Slumber Party has like a lot more than that. So follow me as well. Maybe I'm a fun follow, maybe not. But I just I just want people to follow me. Okay. You could probably hear how tired I am in my voice, but like I said, it's so good to be back making episodes, producing episodes for you slumberers, and really for myself. Let's be honest. I do this show for me, (laughs) and you, and all of us, and everyone who enjoys a good teen film. You know what else I enjoy? A good teen TV show, like Daria was, and like another show we talked about was. Clone High, that's probably my favorite teen TV show of all time. And since we talked about it, let's leave you with the theme to Clone High. And one more thing, and this is super important, and I've told myself this so many times during the last couple of weeks. It's that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Later, dudes.
0: Way, way back in the 1980s, famous and ladies and made up-